The following podcast is presented by Together Washington. Together Washington, we are seeking to build bridges across divides and tell the inspiring stories of those building the common good. If you'd like to support or get involved with Together Washington, go to togetherwashington.com. Excited to have Casey Six Killer in studio with us today. Uh, Deputy Mayor, former Deputy Mayor, Mayor, former Deputy Mayor, who announced his run about two months ago for Mayor of Seattle. Casey, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks. It's so great to be here and and maskless in the studio. I mean, this is what it's all about. (laughs) I know. I feel normal. I can see you. Ben, you got nice teeth, Casey. (laughs) (laughs) A face for TV and not a voice for radio, but you know, it's okay. (laughs) Well, it is so great to have you. Thanks for coming in and uh, so much going on, you know, in, in your life, obviously announcing two months ago. I mean, that's exciting. I mean, that's, that's a, that's a real kind of game changer for you and your family. And so maybe how has it been the last couple of months since you announced, you know, I, I equate it to, it, it's sort of like, if you remember when you were in school and you know, the term paper was due and the hours just kind of fly by and you're going, Oh my gosh, how am I going to actually get this done? That's what it feels like. You know, you're, you're, it's like, you're, you're running all the time, you know, and, and especially today, you know, you're going from, now starting to do more in-person stuff, which is great. But then before, you know, bouncing from Zoom to Zoom to Zoom and having sort of that screen fatigue. And at the main, you know, at the same time, you know, trying to still be a dad to three, you know, young kids that, you know, really want your attention. And and that was for me when I got in. You know, I, I, I really, you know, first and foremost, I got to be a dad. And that's that's super important to me. And you only get one shot at it and I got to get it right. But it's also, they're also the reason why I decided to run for mayor, too. Yeah, absolutely. And that's. I mean, as, as someone who's got four, four kids myself, and like you think of, I've had a, a lot of friends that have recently moved out of Seattle and just over the last couple of years are like, you know what, we're just, we're heading out and mm-hmm. we're going to going on to other, other pastures, so to speak. But, but that's the thing for us. It's like, man, I want to, I want to be here. I want to make a difference. want to not just say, Hey, peace out. We're, we're leaving, but how can we, because of the fact that we have kids and we want to make this place better. And I guess that's a you know question of what's kind of that in your, in your gut, you know, what is, what really compelled you to just throw your name in the hat for mayor of Seattle? You know, I grew up in Seattle and, you know, I lived in Washington DC for a number of years. Uh, the kids were born there and I wanted to come home. You know, I didn't come home to run for mayor. I came home cause I wanted to raise my kids in this super cool, vibrant place um, that, that is my hometown. And, you know, unfortunately what I came home to was a city was very different than I remember, uh, growing up and one that has, well, frankly is, is, is a mess. And, you know, I, I, you know, for me, the future our the opportunity in this election is, is really to get back to the basics and, 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 and show our kids and our residents that, you know, we can actually come together and solve problems. And, you know, not let the division that is really ripping the city apart continue to define us. I want us to be defined by, you know, not just our iconic skyline, but who we are at our core and our DNA. And in our core, we're, we're an innovative bunch and we have been for a long time. So we got to kind of come back together and channel that and start meeting some of these challenges that are facing our community. Be proud. I want us to be proud of being from Seattle again rather than hanging our head. That's so interesting you said that because it was about a week ago. Gosh, who did I? Who were we talking to, Pedro, on the show? Oh, we had uh, we had Matt Larkin, who's actually just announced he was on the show here in studio, and he's running actually for U.S. Congress. Mm-hmm. 
in the eighth district. And, and he, and we were talking about, we, cause we both grew up here as you did. And, and I, when I went away for college and down in California and I just, I took my Seattle, like my, my friends down there, they got so tired of me just talking about Seattle, this Seattle, that and Seattle. <laughs> oh yeah. Just shut up about Seattle already, you know? And, but we, it, for those of us that grew up here, like that was, yeah, man, That's like right. we're, for, we go off to other places and we evangelize about Seattle. Absolutely. Right. And the thing is when you go off to other places and it used to be like this, people would be like, Oh, you're from Seattle. Yeah. Wow. Like you had instant cred. Yeah. Total, total instant cred and something, you know, and it's, it's so, I had a very similar experience when I went to school on the East coast. Although I'll tell you this, you know, that when I, I went off to college in the mid nineties and when I showed up and I wasn't wearing flannel, a bunch of other stuff, people were like, you're not from Seattle. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's the thing, you know, whether it, you know, whether it's our industry or history or sports teams, you know, we've got, We've got a lot going on here, and I think you know over the past several years we've just we've just sort of forgotten that you know and and i I've said even before covid that one of our biggest challenges as a city is it seems that we've sort of we've got an identity crisis and you know we can either sort of bemoan that all day or really you know remember that the things that we have in common outweigh the things that 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 you know that are that our differences and and I think if we can just channel that and that spirit we we can do really amazing things again because I want us to, I want people to have that envy mm. of Seattle again. Yeah. And you mentioned the word innovate and that's always just perplexed me. I mean here we are. I mean we're I mean one of the most innovative cities in the world. One of the most affluent cities in the world. And yet we're getting, um, just absolutely bogged down and we can't, there's a number of issues and we'll get into them in a little bit that we're like, how, how are we not doing better on this, this, and this? Well, I, you know, I think it comes down to priorities, you know, and, you know, I think at the end of the day, you know, here in Seattle, especially running for mayor, this is a municipal corporation. Our number one job is to provide basic services, keep the lights on, fill the potholes, make sure people get from point A to point B safely. And I think over the last several years, you know, we've sort of like decided our competition, our other, you know, left-leaning cities across the West Coast, and instead of sort of remembering that we, we've got all the tools at our disposal right here in our backyard and, um, and, you know, rather than sort of taking chairs away from the table, we need to put more chairs at the table and come together and, um, and, and, you know, have a real conversation. And, and for me, you know, running in this race is really about just that. It's like, I want us to get back to remembering and focusing on me- solving the issues that people experience every day when they leave their house. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's, it's interesting because this past weekend, uh, we did a, me and my wife and four kids, we did a staycation in downtown in Pioneer. So we stayed in Pioneer Square at a hotel and we're like, you know what we're going to do? You know, we, we love, live up in the Lake City area, but we um, were like, you know what, let's just do a staycation. It's only going to be 190. So <laughs> let's, uh, you know, get out of the house, but. And that's in your room. Yeah. <laughs> So we came down and, and it was, I mean, one, we had a blast, right? I mean, we just had a great time, but it was, we hit, we had a, we had some mixed results. Um, one of our, um, frequent guests we've had on the show is John Scholes, who, sure. who you probably know from the DSA. And we are, you know, I was texting with John kind of during the weekend, just kind of giving him because we, we lived downtown for 12 years, my, huh. my wife and I. So we lived in Belltown, we lived in South Lake Union, and then we moved a bit up North 
So this was kind of the first time we really had been back downtown, kind of living that downtown life for, you know, a few years. And, and it was really interesting to mm-hmm. say the least. Cause typically, I mean, I'm used to when you live in Belltown, you're it's urban, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a, there's a particular grittiness to it that you just, you know, comes with it. Right. I mean, that's part, part of, of the deal. That's part of the deal. I mean, you're going to have social services that are going to be centralized in certain locations in a, in an urban core. And you just, that's good, right? Like there's, there's good things about that, but then that also comes with negative things, negative mm-hmm. behavior. However, um, I was, you know, I was telling John, I was like, okay, th- I mean, the, the percentage of interesting characters has just, I mean, we would, we walked from, you know, our hotel in the Pioneer Square to uh, the waterfront and just that walk. Cause typically when we lived in Belltown, it's like, okay, I'm not going to go down, you know, hmm. okay, I'm not going to avoid third and pine. You know, you kind of know where you're going to, and I, you know, we kept walking down streets, right? Like, okay, let's not go down that street. Let's not go down that street. Let's not go down that one. And, and certainly we've seen an explosion, yeah. right. Of, of just a, a lot of, um, you know, folks dealing with severe mental health, um, chronic homelessness, um, addiction, I, addiction. Um, so we're seeing that on, on the streets right now. And I guess the, and you've worked in on the homelessness issue of the last, and, and we've worked together on mm-hmm. that. And, and we'll maybe get into some of this stuff. Cause I, I was actually very proud of the work that you did and helped to do particularly in Denny park. Um, and we've talked about it here on the show. What, what have you learned? I guess is what have you learned as, in, as you've really, I mean, cause you dove into it, right? Yeah. I mean, you probably dove into it in a way that maybe you haven't before in your life. So you dove into it. What did you learn? And then what would you do then as mayor? Yeah, you know, the, the, the year and a half or so I was, um, you know, at the city and serving as deputy mayor. And, you know, one of the things I oversaw was uh, homelessness. And, you know, I, I, and the, the disclaimer here, right, is I didn't create these systems. I, I came in and began to look at them and sort of understand, you know, what's working and what's not working. And I have to tell you, you know, a few observations. Number one is what we see out on the streets today is, you know, an epic failure, uh, of lots of different things, you know, uh, and, and, and at every level of government. Uh, every, there, there, there's culpability. There's plenty of culpability to go around, um, you know, and, and just sort of, you know, especially on the mental health side of things. You know, this country has, um, you know, has not been investing in the types of resources that we know folks need. Um, and that, you know, that plays out here. And Seattle happens to be, you know, a place where we, we have an acute issue of that. Um, you know, the second is, you know, we are... You know, not invest. We, we've got a peanut butter approach to how we're approaching homelessness and it's not working and it hasn't been working for a long time. And yet we continue to sort of layer more peanut butter on the sandwich. <laughs> uh, and, and it turns out we have a nut allergy. But um, we you know, so, you know, for me, it, what I see on the, on the streets of downtown Seattle and in our park system is, you know, obviously a lot of, you know, a lot of pain and a lot of folks who are. Uh, you know, really struggling with just the daily routine of getting through the day. But I also see our communities really struggling with this. And we're out of balance, you know, and I and I think, you know, this what we need to be able to do is recenter our approach 
uh, on, on how we're delivering services, who's delivering those services, and be really intentional about that. I think we've, we have, maybe because it's politically correct, I'm not quite sure, but we have sort of, we sort of label homelessness with both a capital H and a lowercase h. And, and in fact, what we're dealing with are lots of different subparts of that system. Homelessness is a part of it. But, you know, downtown, we've got street level crime. We've got addiction. We've got people who are, you know, taking advantage of the fact that we've got, you know, we've become more and more permissive, especially on the misdemeanor side of things. Um, and sort of, you know, layered inside all of that are is everything else that we see. And so I, for me, it really is about, you know, let's invest in the things that we know we work, that work. Number one is we need more housing. And one of the things I saw, if you think about homelessness as a pipeline, <clears throat> You know, we've got crimps on two sides. One is we don't have enough places for folks that want to come inside into a safer space to offer people. That And that was true before COVID, and it's true now. And so, you know, I think, you know, part of my plan is we need to continue to utilize on a temporary basis, you know, hotels, tiny homes, village units, whatever it is that, that is the thing that, that gets someone to realize that it's better for them to be inside than it is to be outside on the street. Two is we got to scale up better services that folks need. And, you know, if the feds and the county and the state aren't going to step up in some of these areas, then we're going to have to fill the gap um, while we're working to have other folks do their part. But I don't think we can afford to just sit around for the next few years and hope that things get better. Um, the third is the other end of the pipeline is we don't have enough permanent places for people to transition to. Yeah, you know, for a lot of these folks, they're going to need ongoing services. And so having, you know, creating more permanent, what we call permanent supportive housing uh, is really key because we've got folks in the shelter system today, whether it's a tiny home unit, a congregate unit or a hotel room, they don't have any place to transition to. And that just sort of backs up the entire pipeline. So, you know, let's create more temporary places so we can deal with the with the issues that we're seeing outside. We have to create more places for folks to transition to. That's why I've got a plan for how we triple the production of that over the next couple of years and get that throughput going while while we work on a regional level to solve this issue. Because, you know, last year, Tim, 40 percent of the people that we serve with city dollars were not last housed in Seattle. So they're coming here. We, there's no denying it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, there's a variety of reasons why they are. Um, but that also says that as a city, you know, we could step up on our do, part, do our part, but we need other folks to step up too. Yeah. Did you see there recently the Guardian actually did a study around busing in the U.S. and where folk and just the, there's like this ecosystem, you know, around busing. It's super fascinating. It dove into it in a way that I'd never seen it. We've got Casey Sixkiller in studio today. He is the former deputy mayor of Seattle and current candidate for mayor of Seattle. Right before the break, we were talking about the approach on homelessness and what does that mean? What does that look like? Curious your thoughts on Compassion Seattle. Well, you know, Compassion Seattle, I think, is it's a very interesting approach that Tim and others have taken. And, and you know, I think for, for me... The fact that we're asking, the fact that voters are going to be asked to enshrine in the equivalent of the city's constitution, our responsibility and an approach to actually addressing the conditions in our streets and parks should be a wake up call to every elected official today and former elected official that was part of the system for the last two decades. Uh, Is it perfect? No. 
but you know, when I was working for Patty Murray in Washington, D.C., one of the things that she taught me was, you know, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. And I think if this is the thing that's going to force the mayor, the council, and, you know, the business community and neighborhood groups to come together and, you know, actually have a, a focused discussion that's solutions-based, that's outcomes-based, and that we can measure and know if we're making progress or not, then I'm for it. Mm. Uh, and, you know, for me, you know, there, there is a lot of, you know, the criticism of it, it's an unfunded mandate or it's got a lot of, you know, gray areas. Well, you know, for me, as when I'm mayor, given my experience for the last 20 years of doing this kind of stuff, is that's an opportunity, right, to perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I've had to really think long and hard about that. But again, I, I just say, as I look outside and have to explain to my kids every day, we're driving around why things seem to have gotten worse. If this is the thing that kickstart, it kickstarts that process to actually doing something, then we, then I'm all for it. Yeah. It's interesting because in a full disclosure, <laughs> maybe I should have told you I'm on the advisory committee for, for it. And what's interesting is that and this isn't a surprise probably to you is that you have opposition on either side. Right. And you, you have Mark Sidron mm-hmm. um, and Gene Godden and, and you know, they, they came out and they said, Hey, this is actually going to not do enough to what we need to get done. We're in this massive crisis mm-hmm. and this massive emergency and their concerns are, and they've come out and to talk about that. This is, th- this is actually not going to do what we need to get done. And, you know, it's that's that's a fair and interesting point. Yeah, I look. I think from from my personal experience working at the city and you know engaging with the city council members is you know, a lot of a number of the things that are in this charter amendment are things we're already able to do. Yeah, right. We're and and we are doing um, right now in terms of you know utilizing you know building more tiny homes, building more non congregate shelter. You know. Um, uh, you know, providing folks services, conducting removals where necessary uh, and doing it in a, a, you know, I flipped the model on that. So a lot of this is stuff we're already doing, but if this takes off the table, you know, me having to go and duke it out every week with the council about it or duke it out with other folks, it's like, no, this is the law. This is what we're doing. (laughs) Then, and then, then we, that's fine. Then we can just focus on the work. And like I said, it's perfected Um, and, uh, you know, and work to figure out how we pay for it. Yeah. We don't have a choice. Right. Like, I don't, you know, for me, on so many of the issues facing our city right now is we don't have, we don't have the option of time. You know, we had the downtown, you mentioned downtown, we had the downtown Seattle Association uh, mayoral forum yesterday. And, you know, one of the questions was about, you know, business, you know, are you, are you concerned that, that, you know, the, either the tax or regulatory environment is forcing businesses to, to leave the city? And everyone said, Including Bruce Harrell said, you know, well, you know, I think that's something we should be concerned about. And, and Bruce said, you know, well, we should conduct an exit interview of every business that's left. Excuse me. <laughs> number one, businesses are leaving Seattle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and number two, like, that's the wrong approach. You know, let's be proactive. Sit down, figure out what the barriers are, how we help people grow. Uh, their, you know, grow their business in Seattle. And it's the same thing on homelessness. I got to tell you, I have worked with, you know, companies all across the country throughout my career. I've worked in multiple parts of government. I was the chief operating officer for King County. No business would ever run our home, uh, you know, a program like the way the homelessness response in this region has been run for so many years. Mm-hmm. 
total lack of transparency, total lack of accountability, you know, inability to find, you know, you just follow the money and it's, you know, whoever's got the best relationship with which council members who gets these contracts, it seems. And, you know, anytime you begin to push and say, hey, I want to see data, you get all this pushback. And I just, I just, to me, in a, in a city where our economy, you know, growing up, your economy was aerospace and Boeing, and now obviously it's very different. But an economy that's driven by technology and data, the fact that our homelessness response is so data poor, it's just sort of the irony of all ironies to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I really, you know, I think that's really critical. Mm-hmm. So that we, again, we are investing the things that we know at work and cu- being willing to cut loose the things that aren't or saying, hey, it's not getting the results you want and turning the dials. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so, What do you think of the the regional plan and then the first executive director they just hired to implement? Well, I'm, I am really, uh, really pleased to see that the regional authority is actually coming together and that I'm, I'm glad they hired Mark. Um, you know, there had been, you know, a bit of a kerfuffle there with some of the other suburban cities uh, with with the hiring process generally. And yet again, you know, we you know, when I go out and I'm talking with residents and voters, you know, they they feel a sense of urgency. And I just don't think our leaders here have always felt that same sense of urgency you know they say it but then their words and the process gets in the way and you know i the reason why i say i'm glad that they hired mark is because there had been a discussion about well maybe we should go back out and do 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 a new search maybe we should do this and like going that's six nine twelve more months and oh by the way who would take that job after you had a totally open process and then just decided you didn't like what you want uh, so I, Mark, I think is going to be a great leader. He, you know, he helped, you know, he was on the ground floor over the last couple of years of helping us, you know, figure out how to actually structure this, this new approach. And, um, I think that's going to be really helpful. And, 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 and he doesn't suffer a fool. I mean, he's gonna, he's not going to be a wildflower. And I think that's what we need. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be really interesting to see how that plays out. Um, and you mentioned some of the other kind of South King County cities, you know, Auburn, interestingly enough, you know, they came out with their, um, some of their thoughts around homelessness and, and they're basically, you know, Nancy Backus, you know, talked about, Hey, we're not gonna, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna arrest folks, which I was surprised to see that to be honest. Yeah, that was that was an interesting move by, by mayor Backus, especially given her work and setting up the regional uh, authority. But I think, again, it just it speaks to why we all need to be sitting around the same table, because what we can't have is, have is all these different jurisdictions, including King County, taking a different approach than any one of us, because it undermines the integrity of the entire system. Mm-hmm. You know, it sends signals to, you know, providers of which, you know, we don't have a ton. Um, and I just and I and I don't think it makes the best use of the resources that we are putting into this. I mean, look, city of Seattle alone is going to spend north of $200 million this year. Last year, we spent $170 million. Two years before that, $70 million. Wow. That doesn't count King County. Between Seattle and King County this year, we're at over half a billion dollars. So, you know, we better see some ROI on the street and in our park system. Uh, and and so... What do you think would happen, Casey? <laughs> we're talking to Casey Sixkiller, former deputy mayor of Seattle, current mayoral candidate here in seattle i believe it was vancouver bc and i might be wrong but there was a very small um kind of beta test that happened where they actually paid Mm -hmm. in cash i don't know if it was actual cash or if it was what it was and they gave i think ten thousand dollars or fifteen thousand dollars to 
um, people who are experiencing homelessness. And the study showed that it greatly helped folks get into apartments and get back on their feet when it was when the actual money was given to them and they looked at what the ROI was on it. And I don't know where that is today. And I, and, and again, I believe it was Vancouver, BC. Do you know what I'm talking yep, about? I know exactly. yeah. yeah, it was Vancouver. Okay. And, uh, yeah, and the and the and the yeah, and the results, at least the preliminary results, were really promising. And and I think it it just speaks to you know we, we like it or not, we have built up a homelessness industrial complex here, uh, and that again is benefiting from a half a billion dollars worth of investment uh, by at least just two players in the region right now. And that, and that isn't to say they're not doing great work. That isn't to say they don't work really hard and hard is in the right place, but. At the same time, you know, we have it has to be more transparent and it has to be accountable and we have to understand the data to your the example in Vancouver. You know, we do we have the city does a variation on that using diversion money uh, and, and it particularly our out the outreach teams that are contracted to the city, you know, have they call them flex dollars and it gives them the ability when they're in the field to actually not at that scale, but, you know, to. You know, if someone, you know, all they need is a bus ticket home. What they need is a month's rent. What they need is to pay a medical bill. What they, you know, what is it that they need in that moment that is going to get them off the street and inside mm-hmm. and not in a, not in a temporary, like, Hey, here's, here's a hotel voucher for a day and, you know, welcome back outside the next day. No, it actually is, you know, those getting to folks really early. Um, yeah, you know, not folks who necessarily, I don't think that that works for folks who've been chronically homeless and on the streets for months or years. But for folks who have are recently uh, unhoused, it is it has proven to be a very effective tool. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, you know, and 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 the outreach teams blow through that really quickly. And I, I know, again, I don't mean that in a negative way. I just, but this is th- this is exactly what I'm talking about, right? If we if we have a shared sense of what success looks like, and we develop an approach that meets that test. Then we have to be super honest about of all of the things that we're investing in today, all of the programs that have been stood up over the last 20 years, which ones actually float above the line and, and, and you know, help to advance that strategy and which don't and get rid of them yeah. and reinvest those, re- redirect those resources to the things that we know uh, that we know are, are having more of an impact right now in this moment. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I'm sure many of our listeners are like, man, this sounds really refreshing. This is fantastic. You know, let's let's talk about police. Um, It's been a huge question over the last year. Of course, we had the uh, defund, uh, you know, police movement that's happening. In fact, I believe during uh, the height of CHOP, even some of our council members were I don't know how many took selfies down on the. (laughs) Yeah, they took selfies there up at CHOP. And 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 promoted the fact that we need to cut our police by by half at least. And and I have, you know, oh, my goodness, like I think we've seen what the 20 percent reduction in the SPD workforce. And I know you've been enjoying our time with Casey Sixkiller, former deputy mayor of Seattle, current Seattle mayoral candidate. And I tell you, Casey, it's got to be interesting to kind of have this transition in a campaign where you, you know, you, you're kind of probably pivoting a little bit, right, from <laughs> so much stuff being, you know, maybe online. And now it's like, how do you? 
pivot. And I'm sure for someone like you, just getting out there and getting personal with people is is critical and important. Oh, it's super important. And to have that, you know, that that personal interaction with folks and be able to feel the energy that they have or don't have and, and even the anger and frustration, you know, all that's really important for I've always found really important for me and the way that I approach my work and, um, you know, because it underscan you know, it underscores both the sort of sense of urgency that someone may feel um, the failure that that might be, you know, that they've been experiencing from from uh, from government uh, but it's it also is I think it's really a chance to to have a conversation and and I and you know over the last several years not just here at home but you know across the country we've we've been we we've been like operating the law of absolutes right you're for this which means you're against this you know you're against this which means you're for this and I'm like but there's a lot in the middle right there's a lot of nuance to 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 some of these really big pressing issues that that really do, especially at the local level, have a have a daily impact on us. And, you know, you only really get to to dive into that stuff if you're actually sitting and, and, and talking with people yeah, and absolutely. understand their perspective. We talked right before the break, dove into a li- just right at the cusp of talking about the police and uh, the defund the police movement and and where we're at now in the city. I mean, I'll just ask you, you know, what what's kind of your perspective? How would you approach SPD, of course, there's going to be, um, we have an interim chief right now. So I guess what, who would you look for in, in a new chief? And what does that look like under a six killer administration? Well, I, I really believe, I know we talk a lot about homelessness uh, as part of this campaign season. And, it, you know, it is one of the top questions uh, that we get asked at all these different forums and things that we go to. But I have to tell you, when I'm knocking on doors across the city and I'm sitting down and meeting with groups, by far the number one issue people are talking to me about is public safety. Hmm. People do not feel safe in the city right now. Mm-hmm. And I just think we got to be really honest about that. Yeah. And there's a variety of reasons. You know, some of it is systemic um, for people of color, of which I am. Um, but some of it's just based on decisions that have been made over the last year. Uh, by our city council that I really think have made Seattle less safe. Every category of crime is up in Seattle. Violent crime, crimes committed with guns, uh, car theft is up, property theft is up, arson's up over 180%. Our 911 response time is twice what it was a year ago. You mm. know, it's over almost 10 minutes. That's the average. That's the average. And that's if the cops have the ability to actually respond. So, you know, and we've seen 300 officers leave the department over the last year. You know, who and they weren't just officers. This was exactly what we said we told the city council would happen if they continue to just sort of nip and tuck the budget and and beat up on law enforcement is we lost a majority of the most diverse class of recruits we've ever had. And so, you know, for all we talk about, and I look, I believe look <laughs> Police accountability and transparency and transitioning our law enforcement approach to our actual community safety approach is is mission critical for this next mayor. Uh, but, you know, we have to hire more cops. And to me, that's not even a question. The question is, who are we hiring and what are we hiring them into? But I have to tell you, you know, again, we had that D- the downtown Seattle Association forum yesterday and at least a couple of the candidates. We were talking specifically about the issues downtown. Or, you know, you know, more cops doesn't mean it's safer. More, and I go, I, I said, I got to say, I don't know what parts of downtown y'all been going to. 
And, and, you know, people keep talking about this. You know, it'd be one thing if we were talking about if we had, if we were fully staffed, but we're down 22% of our entire workforce. I don't know any business that can continue to operate at its optimal level when 22% of its workforce doesn't show up. I mean, as I was coming in, you were talking about, you know, we've got restaurants that are trying to reopen in Seattle right now and they can't hire folks. Like, it's the same simple <laughs> math uh, for the Seattle Police Department. And as a result, you know, all these other crimes aren't being investigated because we got detectives wearing uniforms again and we can't, you know, even if we had been fully open, we didn't have the number of police officers to be able to tor- do the torchlight parade. Wow. So, you know, and th- so and think about this, Casey, we're still the fastest growing city in America. So while we're our population is still growing at exponential rates, our our police force is decreasing at exponential rates. I mean, that's not a good combination. No, it's not. And and, and I want to just say and it's also true for firefighters. You know, this city is, as you said, has grown exponentially over the last 10 years and our hiring of firefighters has not kept up. And, you know, look, when you look at cops and you look at firefighters, especially firefighters over the last year, you know, they are being asked to fill so many gaps in 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 uh, in the crisis response system. And I think we can all agree that having a cop with a gun show up to every single crisis response doesn't actually make the most sense. It can actually contribute to, uh, you know, an escalation rather than a de-escalation. So, yeah, I, I agree. We need to scale up alternatives. We need to keep moving you know, some of those 911 crisis response calls that don't require an SPD officer to show up or officers to show up away. But that, that also takes time. And I, we, we can't pretend that it exists today mm. um, because, you know, there was a time, right, where we had, you know, community policing and beat cops. And for me, the future of SPD is, is you know, I want to make sure I want these officers out of their cruisers. I want them in neighborhoods, building relationships you know, understanding, knowing those business owners, knowing those residents, knowing knowing the folks that maybe, you know, are unhoused in that area. And, and you know, so it is more of a community policing model, what we call a micro, quote unquote, micro policing model. We need to get back to that. You know, that also is part of de-escalation. That also is so when an officer shows up, oh, hey, that's Jim. Um, and it's a completely different experience. And I, you know, we've gotten away from that for a long time and, and in part because, you know, SPD hasn't had the budget to do that. But if we center going forward on a really basic value proposition that every person in this city should be able to walk down the street and feel safe. Well, guess what? We can solve for, you know, systemic issues that, you know, are in race and other things that are that are very real. We can also solve for all the other issues that we're experiencing from property crime and, and other street level crimes that are occurring across our city while we create alternatives. Um, and we do have, you know, there, there are, you know, glimmers of hope among some of these organizations who are really good at partnering with SPD or operating on their own in disrupting criminal activity. You know, and that's, a, I think, a really key part of downtown emphasis patrols. And, and making sure we have other organizations that are helping to disrupt that criminal activity before, before it ever occurs. Um, so I, I, don't, I, have, I, I don't subscribe to the defund uh, mantra. I think it's time we kind of move past slogans and, again, just focus on the daily experience for folks. And the daily experience for folks is they don't feel safe in the city right now. Yeah. You know, mentioned earlier in the interview, you talked about that we're not prosecuting misdemeanors. Um, here, you know, city attorney Pete Holmes has, you know, made it clear and he's seems like he's, you know, he's been elected three times and, um, and, you know, it's interesting. I'm curious your thoughts, um, about 
the model of, you know, back in the day, right, in New York City, and you spent a lot of time on the East Coast, mm-hmm. you had, was it Bratton? Was it Chief Bratton? Was that was that his name? William Bratton, the old um, police chief in New York City, who basically had that, you know, the broken windows mentality, right? In hey, if, if we just let broken windows go, then what's next after that? And we've certainly moved into the place in Seattle where pretty much anything goes, right? You, you know, um, you know, I've been, you know, living in downtown and, in, and working in downtown for a year, long enough to know that most people don't worry about getting in trouble or getting prosecuted for most crimes, to be honest. And and then that proliferates itself, right, into a lot of other things. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I guess number one, and then two, where where do we where do we go from here? Well, I think number I I I, I really believe that we have the the balance between you know permissive um, and sort of accountability is off is 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 out of balance and and what i what i mean by that is yes there are individuals out there that are committing crime because they're trying to get through their daily life either they're feeding an addiction uh or you know that's what they're doing so they can you know can they they can simply eat and and survive you know the way that we deal with that is we actually get those folks connected to services I am really tired of of continuing to make excuses and say, well, actually, the best way for us to deal with that is just not to not to do anything about it at all. Because, you know, when I'm sitting there at a Rite Aid with my seven year old and a guy walks in and swipes a 12 pack of beer and walks right out and there's no accountability, not only are we like are we sort of condoning that activity for that individual who may be feeding his or her addiction, I'm we're rewiring the brain of my seven year old to say it's okay. So, you know, there is an element of personal responsibility here that for whatever reason we've decided either isn't important um, or is less important uh, than than, you know, these individuals that are out there. And again, to me, it's like, man, if we let's just be really clear eyed about what the situation is and let's get those folks services. But, you know. Look, we've had lots of programs over the years, you know, national programs around, you know, drug court, especially for, for, for kids, you know, and they get offered a choice. You know, you can go, this was obviously years ago, but you can go to, ju- to juvie or you can be enrolled in this drug program and it's not going to be on your record and you're going to have an opportunity to rebuild your life and do all these things and super successful. And I don't know why we've gotten away from that because I, I really, especially for for young people, you know, I don't think having folks locked up is 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 the option. I think for a lot of these folks, it does they don't even understand where they where where they are. What we need to do is create treatment programs and get them into those treatment programs so they stop causing harm to themselves and they stop har- causing harm to our communities. But just looking the other way is not helping anybody. It's making all of us a victim. We're talking to former Deputy Mayor Casey Sixkiller, current mayoral candidate of Seattle. We're talking about his vision, his heart for the city of Seattle as we come up to the primary, which is in August, and then the top two go on to the general election in November. And, you know, there's a goodness, what, 15, 16 candidates? It feels like 100. <laughs> <laughs> And I guess Casey, that's a you know, it's such a, 
it's so true. You know, I mean, I guess the question, how, how do you, you know, how are you different? And, and I know we've, the, the number of things we've talked about already, I think are, you, you've explained that in, you know, in some really eloquent ways, but I, I guess if you had to just pare it down and, and just boom, you give a couple bullet points and say, you know, I'm different than pretty much all the candidates because of this, this, and this. Well, I, I think there's a few things. And that's a great question. One, you know, I was born and raised here. And, you know, I remember a city that didn't always get along with each other, but we still came, found ways to, to come together when it was important and do the, and, and, and this, do the right thing, but also solve problems. And I think that's super important right now, you know, because we got to get past the semantics and start focusing on action. Number two is, you know, my entire life has been, you know, in and out of government and in each step has been about, you know, bringing folks together in a collaborative, creative way to solve problems, but also make decisions. Progress is about also making decisions and, and having that transparency and accountability and that buy-in from folks that we've made the right thing. You know, not let the perfect be the enemy of the good, but, you know, actually show um, you know, what happens when you make progress. Uh, and, and the third thing is, you know, there are a few folks that are running of the hundred of us that are running who, you know, have been on the ballot before, you know, have been on the city council or on the city council now, or have been in the state legislature or have been in all the circles, you know, and I, I, I gotta tell you, if I think being on the ballot before was the qualifier to being the mayor of this city, number one, I wouldn't have run, but I don't think it is. Because what I see in our streets, whether it's, you know, public safety or it's parks or talking to the business owners who feel like they've been getting the Heisman for the last however many years, yet yes, people who have been in elected office over the last decade who have contributed, they are culpable for the conditions that we find ourselves in as a city. Yeah, COVID threw us a curveball, but a lot of this stuff has been festering for years and it now just is sort of, sort of all converged in one moment. So, you know, I am someone who is incredibly clear-eyed about what our challenges are. I'm rooted in Seattle and rooting for Seattle. Um, and, you know, I'm someone who has been an executive. I've run a multi-billion dollar organization known as King County, $6.5 billion budget, 14,000 employees, run the day-to-day of parts of the city of Seattle. Um, and I've worked at every level of government and, you know, I even have my own business. So I, you know, I understand these issues in a way and I have a perspective that's very different. And I, I really think if we want to kind of rise above the noise, we need new leaders. This is, I, I really believe that if this, uh, we, our city is at a crossroads and if we think that folks have, have, that have, you know, been at the helm, you know, have earned you know, our confidence and their ability to continue to, to guide us here through the storm. Well, I tell you what, I'm not willing to take that chance. And that's why I'm running for mayor. Yeah, I appreciate that. I mean, that's a well said. And <laughs> I'll be honest, like I like um, I like the fact that you're, you know, you're a Seattle guy, born and raised. But then you went to the East Coast and then you're bringing back a little of the East Coast pizzazz. I, I think we... <laughs> I, my, my dad always says, Casey, you were born in Seattle, but you've been an East Coaster your whole life. Because so. <laughs> I, I mean, I've actually, I, I've 
kind of thought that and said that for a number of years. I'm like, man, we we need a little East Coast up in Seattle because we're just, we kind of get, I, I mentioned at the top of the show, you know, of like you come to a four-way stop in Seattle. It's like, you go, no, you go, no, you go, you go, you go, you know. And- no, no, just go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've, ha- I've had to unlearn honking uh, since moving home a few years ago. But, but, I, but, but, but Tim, to your point, like, if we are serious about, you know, the fact that our city is on life support right now, then we have to not just treat it with urgency, but be really direct, really direct with what the problem is and what the solution is, and then get to it. Mm. Because I'm telling you, if we if we t- sort of approach this with mediocrity, you know, for mediocre response, we're going to be talking about the same thing for year, four years from now. And to be honest, I don't think you and I are going to be living in Seattle anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That's not what I want. No. I want us to be proud of our city. I want us to know that families can raise their families here. Um, if you want to have a job, if you want to be a musician, you know, there's nowhere else you want to be than being in Seattle. Yeah. Well, I tell you, you're that that is you're you're staking out that you're staking out that lane among the candidates of just like, hey, let's be direct and get get it done. Um I don't know where that lane is today, but it seems like that's uh, that's a good lane to be in. I, I like that lane. Oh, thanks. I, I, <laughs> I, I appreciate it. And, you know, again, I, I, talking with, you know, just knocking on doors and talking with residents, it's, I, 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 the response has been super positive. You know, the challenge, of course, when, again, when there's like 100 people running is trying to break through and have people, um, you know, know that you're here. And uh, But, you know, that's what elections are about, just putting yourself out there and putting some ideas on the table and, you know, I I just I, I was telling a group yesterday, you know, we got to stop the, the, you know, shiny object approach here, you know, get back to some of the basics. Uh, and if we do that, then we're going to continue to unlock the potential of our city. You mentioned businesses a couple minutes ago and, you know, the DSA put out a questionnaire form. Our current city council president, who's also running for mayor, Lorena Gonzalez, uh, refused to fill out the questionnaire. And she said, basically, hey, um, you know, I'm not going to do this because, you know, more than corporations should be running the city. And I can't remember the exact quote, but it was basically she was protesting against filling this out uh, because she felt like only the corporations were running downtown Seattle. Any thoughts on that? <laughs> well, she seems to have forgotten that downtown Seattle is also one of one of or the largest residential neighborhood in the city of Seattle. Yeah, it was a really interesting experience. I mean, it, the, you know, the DSA did invite her to participate. They didn't invite everybody to participate in the forum that we had yesterday. And she closed by just railing on Amazon. And I just sat there and I thought to myself, and I had I actually had said this during the course of the forum with respect to business and the business culture here in Seattle that. You know, whether it's Amazon or Starbucks or, you know, what previously was Boeing, you know, these were even UPS. These were businesses. These were small businesses that started in Seattle. They didn't move to Seattle. They grew up in Seattle. And, you know, (laughs) that's a success story, right? That's and, and they've spun off all of these other companies and opportunities across our city that is attracting people to Seattle. Sure, it's contributing to a lot of challenges that we're seeing as well, and but 
But those are things for us to be, those are almost in some ways good problems for us to have, right? Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. where we have businesses that want to be here. And I just think, you know, to continue to take, you know, to point fingers and, and you know, we don't always have to have a villain in our story. Uh, but, you know, she went on and on and on about business have to pay their fair share. They, they employ 100,000 people in the city of Seattle. I would argue they are paying, paying a pretty big share of, you know, the payroll tax and lease payments and property, you know, everything at utility payments, all the other things they are paying as being a large employer in the city of Seattle. And I want them to have, and any other business, to have a seat at our table and, and work together. I mean, one of the coolest things about being mayor of the city of Seattle is you're also the chief marketing officer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? But can you imagine if they pulled out, right? And they, they just, boom, they vanished tomorrow. They said, we're done. And in Seattle, and, and goes with them everything, employees, but but then the ecosystem as well. I mean, what would do you think that would be a, a good idea? And I mean that that the, I don't want our city to look like Detroit did when Toyota came to America. Yeah. Okay. And I I think this we need to just be very clear eyed about that. You know, this city has, and you think of just South Lake Union. You know, you and I are from here. We remember what South Lake Union used to be, right? I mean, it was, I mean, for those of you that are also listening here, right, it was Athletic Supply was the place that we go, right, <laughs> yes. to get our cleats and our bats and <laughs> trophies. And, and, yeah, and, and trophies and, and other <laughs> things, right? And, you know, that was light industrial back then. And, you know, now obviously it's been transformed. The life sciences have been, been a big part of that too. But, yeah, I mean, I, I just don't think this is a Russian roulette moment. I, I, I really think that this, you know, I, I don't, I can't imagine that Amazon would continue to add more jobs in Seattle. But, you know, but aside Amazon, you know, talking with the maritime, you know, maritime community as well, um, you know, billions of dollars worth of economic impact to the city of Seattle. Mm-hmm. Part of our cultural heritage, you know, as a fishing town, as a, you know, a shipbuilding town, as a maritime, you know, trade uh, gateway to the world, you know, there are thousands of jobs that are supported by the maritime industry, and yet they're not at the table either. Yeah. Um, and and so I, I just think we need to get get with the program here and realize that if we want to do all those things people want us to do in terms of investing in social services, the social safety net, and providing more services for folks that are on the street today and experiencing crisis, well, guess what? You have to have revenues. <laughs> and those revenues come from, you know, come from businesses large and small. Yeah, and they come from property owners. And so, you know, I, I just don't think this, this you know, Heisman move that the council president and others have had the last few years is productive at all for our city. We've been having a great time today with Casey Sixkiller, former deputy mayor of Seattle and current mayoral candidate with the August primary coming up in my goodness, just a little over a month. It's yeah. it's coming. But Casey, I just want to ask you, I mean, over the course of your life, I mean, you've had a lot of experiences. You've had, you know, great mentors in your life. I'm sure your dad being one of them, mm-hmm. Sonny, six killer. And, but as you think about what has brought you, you know, to, to the place you are today and the things that, um, you know, you're, you've done in your life and what are, what are those things that stand out to you? The, the the impressionable experiences and the the mentors and and the things that who are those people and what what are those experiences you've had 
You know, it's that's a great question, and I I'm I'm a very fortunate person in that I have had at key moments in my life, um, you know, people take me under their wing and give me a chance um, to provide that mentorship and 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 create opportunity for me. Not not in terms of like you know opening doors, but but giving me the confidence to pursue something. And, you know, that's, you know, one of the reasons I ended up going to Dartmouth College is, you know, the dean of admissions, I happened to literally bump into him in the hallways at Roosevelt High School when I was a senior. And uh, my my penance for that, for knocking him uh, off his heels, was I had to go to this briefing about uh, of, about Dartmouth. And, uh, and and we hit it off really well. And he goes, I think you should think about coming to the East Coast for school. And I'm like, I don't know, man, I'm probably going to UW or maybe I'll go to, you know, apply for some other school. And, and, uh, and I'm really glad I did it. And it was really hard. I was going to Dartmouth was a, you know, it was hard academically. It was, you know, going, you know, outsider in New England culture, you know, a bunch of kids who had gone to prep school. I was like, oh my God, this is, this is a situation here. Um, <laughs> you got to wear your collar <laughs> up or. And, uh, but, you know, Patty Murray was a really important experience for me too. Uh, you know, when I worked for, uh, for Senator Murray for years and, you know, both, you know, the opportunity to work in the United States Senate. And I was a really young person uh, in, in, in my level of, of, of work. I, and, and she gave me that opportunity, and, and it, it taught me so much about, you know, how you how you look at problems or challenges or policies, how you work with people that maybe you don't agree with. Um, and you know, the majority of the time I was in Washington D.C., and Republicans were in the majority, and and you know, we still had to find ways to to get stuff done. And you know, compromise was not a bad word. Bipartisanship was not a bad word. And that was, you know, it's really served me well. And then, you know, coming home a few years ago and working for Dow Constantine, you know, managing the day-to-day of King County, you know, Dow's also somebody who's really built a career, you know, investing in people, you know, being very pragmatic, but but also, you know, having a North Star of what he wanted to see done, having a working relationship with his county council um, and, you know, working with business and working with labor and you know, and, and, you know, that was an incredible opportunity. You know, when he, when, you know, he reached out and said, you know, you want to come home and roll your sleeves up, get back into public service. So, uh, but at the end of the day, it's, it's my family. And I'm very fortunate in the fact that, you know, I grew up with other kids whose parents, uh, one of their parents had been, a, you know, an athlete and my parents never, they never pushed sports on me. In fact, they said at a very young age, you don't have to play sports if you don't want to. I did. Uh, and, you know, their only rule was, you know, Whatever you choose to do, just work really hard, mm-hmm. you know, and do something that makes you happy. And, you know, sure, I got kind of a funny stare the first time I asked him to drive me to a school board meeting when I was in high school. <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, but you know, but I, I've just always wanted one of those f- people that, you know, has looked at the world around me and, and, you know, not wanted to sit on the sidelines, but, you know, asked, you know, what can I do to contribute? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, right now this is the thing that I, I feel like I can contribute something back to a city that's given me so much in my, in my life. And, um, and that I want other kids to be able to have that same uh, experience. So mm. I feel very fortunate. Yeah. How do you, be, how do you want to be remembered, Casey? Uh, I want to be remembered as someone who, um, well, a, you know, had their, their heart in the right place that, um, was a partner and a collaborator um, who, you know, I'm just not a take credit kind of person, you know, like I, to me, it's always about the team. It's always about, you know, did we accomplish this thing together? Win or lose? Did we, did we go out and play the game we wanted to play? Mm. 
And, you know, maybe that's not as eloquent as, as, as you, as, as, as others might say, but, but that's what I want. I want people to look at, to look back at me and say, you know, he did what he said he was going to do. He was there for me when he's, when I needed him and, 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 and he was direct and honest. Yeah. Wow. Casey six killer. Thank you so much for being with us today. Really appreciate it. And I know you guys enjoyed it. Thanks for tuning in. We got the primary coming up, so make sure you're staying up to date with all that's going on. And it was really fascinating and really important to have you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it.